<laughs> Let's go. Uh, hello and welcome back to another episode of G'day NBA. We are the home of the triple dribble where there is consistent banter and we take ill-advised shots. Before we start today's podcast, we would like to thank our sponsor, Boxed Out Breaks. Boxed Out Breaks is a reputable card-breaking company here in Australia, run and owned by a Celtics diehard, Aiden Breaks, Monday to Fridays, nightly at a very reasonable price. Card-breaking is an affordable way of collecting basketball cards with the chance of hitting rookie autos, veteran autos, game-worn jersey patch cards, and many more cool inserts. Be sure to check them out on Facebook, and don't forget to box out. Today, I am joined by a Celtics believer, the guy that got Ben Simmons to the NBA, Braden Alfredo Green. Welcome, Jado. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Thanks for getting this started and having me on. Yeah, you, you enjoying it so far? You're nice yeah, and comfy in the Just seat. quickly, but we all know that the real person that got Ben Simmons to the NBA was Scott Hodge. Hodge. For those people out there that know Hodge, he was the real man that got him to the NBA. Shout out to you, Hodge. Heard you <laughs> did uh, add the assist game. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Finally, we did have two Lakers supporters on first, and I feel like there was some bad juju in this room. The room was quite itchy. There was. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I thought they were starting to turn you into a Lakers fan. I, I think. I think Beardy brought some sort of curse. He he was sprinkling something across uh, across the desk the other day, yeah, and um, yeah. could explain a lot. Well, to be honest, I think we need to get some other perspectives on this podcast besides a delusional Lakers fan. They are blinded by the bright lights of Hollywood, I think, those guys. But, you know, just let them go and we'll see how they go. All right, yeah, we, we will. Yeah, <laughs> Shout out to uh, Betty and Sean. They were our nah, f- look, first two de- they guests. They are good. They are good. I'm all about the banter. Yeah. It's uh, very fun. Let's kick it off with the week that was. Uh, it is the off-season. There is very little things that are happening. But we'll just start on Tuesday where teams are in camp for the week for the FIBA World Championships coming up in the Philippines. Trey Young whinging about not being considered for the for Team USA. Yeah, well... I don't know. I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan, so I might be a little bit biased on this one. But there's there's just too many good point guards in America that are before him. That can actually defend. That can do a lot more than him. Yeah. More than just defend. That's my opinion on him too. Look, I try to be non-biased as possible. There is a lot of Trey Young fans out there, but I don't know if they are actually watching him on the defensive end. Like, he, he can pull up and he, he does have oh. those, those crazy three-pointers. Very Steph-like, but he ain't Steph. Well, we watched that happen in the first round. I think the Celtics came up against him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was one game there where we had the, like, pretty much all over in the fourth quarter. And then he just started doing those crazy 40 foot three pointers. And that's when he plays his best, when he's got no pressure on him, when he can, when he knows that the game's probably over or, or like, he's not going to win. He can just come out and just start throwing those shots up and they go in and the next thing you know, like, holy fuck, they're only one point behind us and there's still three minutes to go here. Well, they pushed a series that most were saying it's going to be a, a broom. It's, it's, it, yeah, yeah. It'll be a sweep. They end up pushing that to six games. That's, as a Celtics fan, one of the Celtics' biggest problems is that we tend to, if we know that the game is going to be easy or we think that we should win it, they go in with that mentality and it kind of fucks us in the end, to be honest. But it's, that, it's that third quarter where we just ha- have that snooze yeah. and that 15-point lead heading into the fourth goes down to three. Yep. So, yes, I agree also, Trey. But don't, don't get me wrong. 
Celtics are still the best team in the NBA. <laughs> no, <laughs> no question about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Count yeah. those rings. We are still one in front of the Lakers because there's the asterisk next to oh, yeah, definitely. The, the 2020 definitely. chip. Me and Betty were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, fake ring. Anyway, moving on. On Wednesday, Scoot Henderson uh, coming out and making a bold statement that he will be Rookie of the Year. He was drafted by Portland, third pick. Should have went second to Charlotte. Charlotte really cocked that one up. What do you make of that? Well, to be honest, I liked all three of the first round picks. I think obviously Victor is going to go number one with the amount of hype that was around him. But Brandon Miller, he's a really good player too. He's just like your typical wing that can sort of dribble, shoot, make his own shot. And I haven't seen um, too much of his game, but I know he can play defense a little bit, I think. Or I'd assume he could. But the thing with Scoot is that he's been around... NBA teams, NBA players for a whole season in the G League. Who did he play for? Yeah, he played for G League Ignite. Ignite, yeah, yeah. Ignite. And I think that gives him a massive advantage. Similar to when a first-year rookie gets injured before the season and then has a whole season to just be around the NBA teams, the NBA players. They just get a lot more knowledge and more prepared for the season, that their first NBA season. Again, Ben Simmons had that first season off, had that whole year to sort of be around the Philadelphia uh, 76ers and all the players, all the staff to sort of build it up. And I'm not a massive fan on if you didn't play your rookie year, you're still eligible for rookie of the year the following year. I think it should be that's your year done. That's that's a great point. And I forgot that he actually sat out mm-hmm. his rookie year. And that's and the, a lot of people are now putting Chet in the in the, the same conversation, yeah. and that makes because Ben came out and then became rookie mm. rookie of the year, didn't he? Yeah, because this is the other thing too is like these guys that get in the NBA, you see them when when they come in as rookies, they still look like kids, and then after their first season, they've hit the gym, they they got um, you know sports science scientists around them, and they you know they just grow, they become NBA players, and that's back Scoot Henderson. He has an NBA body already. He, yeah, he, he's he's NBA ready. Really, he's NBA ready, and Physically, by the looks anyway. of it, he's not lacking any conf- confidence. Yeah, and I don't know. Like this will be the third time that we've mentioned it in the three weeks, but. Yeah, like Dame will be moved on. There's, there's yeah. no doubt about that. So someone needs to step up. So. I hope he does because it's just getting messy over there. Yeah, and and it's fair play on on Lillard's part. Like he's stayed at. He's been loyal. He's been very loyal. Definitely. So people can question him and everything like that. But he he tried to bring him a chip, didn't happen. Let the man go where he wants. And when you have, did he get drafted to? Yeah, so he was he was drafted by Portland. Yep. So yeah, he's he's been been loyal. Loyal. And you've seen the, the hardest thing this day and age is um, players are now being put in history by how many rings they have rather than their actual playing ability and what they've done as an individual player. I, I just don't see it like that. I see, I look at a player like a Charles Bark, mm-hmm. never won a ring, yeah. but look at him. He's a Hall of Famer. He's on TNT with Shaq and all that. This day and age, it's all about rings and that's what the argument is. Yeah, really. yeah most definitely. I wonder if... Say, for example, when the whole lottery and the draft system came out or the draft picks came out, if Portland did get number one, duh. Well, I think it's hard not to pick him with does, the amount of hype around him. Does Lillard then say, fuck it, I'm staying, let's... let's well, let, let's, I think you've got a better chance of keeping him. Here. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. When you draft a point guard, that's a different story. Yeah. Especially when the top three picks in the rookies draft normally, they tend to be starters. 
not many times they they sit on the bench if you're a top even top five top five really yeah, top yeah. five are usually in a start normally starting start. five yeah and they've got a pretty good crew over in Portland so I don't see where Scoop might have had to sit on the bench and or he might have been playing too but again back on Scoop being rookie of the year I think if they move Damien to a different team it could happen but we've seen it that, that year with Brooklyn and and KD he ended up having to stay for I think half a season yeah correct yeah could be the same situation mm-hmm. if Portland don't get what they want they're not going to move him on they're nah. gonna, they he's a big name big Port- contract Portland will be smart about what yeah they'll hold on they to get him in return and the other thing too is, is how the NBA stepped in the other day and and said because Dame was coming out and saying I'm not going to go I'm not going to turn I'm up to I'm only, training I'm only going to Miami only going to Miami and they stepped in and said look no he's going to come out and do that so that whole situation is really messy we'll see all right, moving on. This happened last year, actually, in the Denver playoffs against Minnesota when Anthony Edwards, oh, yeah. um, when one of the boys at work first talked about it, he's like, do you hear what happened? Anthony Edwards uh, threw a chair at some chick. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what an idiot. There goes his NBA career. The footage, the footage came out later and it was there was nothing in it. Yeah, well, to be honest, I didn't even know about it until the fine came out. Yeah. And so I, again, why is it so late? Well, it was, what, three months ago now? Longer, four, Well, five the season's months. over. Yeah, so, but it was a 50K fine for throwing a chair. And like 50K, it's yeah, it's a lot of money. money. Yeah, it's like the, uh, say, in the NRL when someone gets like a, a $1,000 fine or something. Well, it's like us going for a red light. Parking fine. And we're like, fuck, this is going to cost us shitloads. But yeah. <laughs> it's nothing for these NBA players. No, that's <laughs> it. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they're allowed to or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if the franchise pay for it again like the the younger players fuck me they're doing some dumb shit at the moment jar jar zion zion josh primo yep they're what, all what did primo uh oh, what did he was do? he flash was he flashing the the physio yeah he did something again something stupid yeah you know we, like, we, we actually we won't go down that that's a that's a rabbit hole but in, and then and then like uh who's the guy that plays for Houston that had heaps of drama in the team before Kevin Houston. Porter Jr. when he was yeah. at the Cavs. Kevin Porter Jr. Same thing. Just had a shocker off the court stuff, and I I think quickly touching base on it. I think that's what Emi will sort out over there in Houston. There's a lot yeah. of young guys over there. They did a good job at getting Fred Van Leet and Fred Van Leet Fleet Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to edit that uh, one yeah, out. It's it's a tongue twister. Um, yeah, but anyway. That's yeah. just a quick touch on the Houston Rockets. But, yeah, just the young guys, they're, they're making silly decisions off the court. They are. Which really affects them because the league doesn't want that. We live in a world now where you do something that the world doesn't agree with, you have to be punished. and Most definitely. It's just stuffing up their future. And that's it. And, yeah, like a 19-year-old kid, for example, coming on those rookie contracts, 11 mil, <laughs> never seen anything like it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're the famous. and we were doing when we were that age – if we were that famous and had eyes on us all the time, we'd be in the same position. Yeah, if, but that's where they've got to be worse. smarter. You know, they've they've come through the high school stage, the college stage. All of that is already for such a young age. You've already got media attention. You've got eyes on you at such a young age. They should be ready by the time they're nineteen. Like you know, blokes like us that just living a normal life. We're still super immature by the time we get to 18 or 19 or, or most of us are. Um, but these guys are being treated like adults before they even leave high school. And they have worked so hard. like wow, so hard. Endlessly, like hours on hours, working in the gyms, working on those little one percenters. Yeah. In high school, majority of the, the, the prospects in high school don't even 
actually go to high school. I was I was watching something the other day. I think it might have been a Netflix series. I can't remember. But these these high school kids they get homeschooled, but then they just follow around like all the camps all the tournaments and stuff because they don't have time to actually go to school yeah. because they're, they're playing basketball, basketball so much. 24-7. And to do all that and then make it and then do dumb shit like this to jeopardise all that, I think it's fucking stupid. It is. All right. Also on Thursday, we had Josh Hart signing a four-year, $81 million extension to stay on with New York, uh, which is him which sees him spend a little bit more time with Villanova college teammate Jalen Brunson. And we have Dante DiVincenzo also joining them from their college championship team. Uh, do you make much of the Knicks this year? Got much thoughts on them? Or do you still think they're one big player away? Oh, I think they're a little bit more than that. But Brunson, I really like. RJ Barrett had a lot of hype about him in New York, especially coming out of Duke after playing with Zion. And they had, they, again, because Zion had so much hype in college, you've got RJ Barrett, who's his kind of like number two guy. So he's kind of on that same hype train. He hasn't done much since. He has like, don't get me wrong, he's a good player. He gets he gets stuff done, but he's not at that level to sort of to get through playoffs with Brunson. Again, Randall had a really good couple of years there, but then last season just kind of he goes missing in the playoffs. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, there's two, a lot of players like that. But two years ago, he was most improved player. Yep. Two years ago, that's right. And then last year went completely missing before this year. Yeah. Just just gone. Um, came back to somewhat of form, but again, just went missing in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like really good player, but just yeah, very inconsistent. Yeah. So, I think they need to make a little bit more than just one player move, but. Again, I really like Brunson. He's one of my favourite point guards at the moment for what he's getting paid and and just sort of came out of nowhere. So it was good to see him finally get out from underneath Luca's shadow or, or wing and he's now the point guard and you can see what he can really do now. So Just on that, very funny, the fact they traded Brunson away for very little and then they went yeah. out and spent the money on getting Kyrie in. Yeah, which is again, we only seen a short period of that last year. Could you play could you play Brunson at the point guard, Luca shooting guard? Or not really? I think Luca likes to have the ball in his yeah. hand. So he likes with, being that primarily with, ball handler, doesn't he? Especially because when you're the point guard, you can control where the ball goes on the court. Yeah. So as Luca being which our mate Jim Bennis loves to say he's a ball hog. He as a point guard, he can control whether he wants to shoot, whether he wants to get the ball moving. Again, I think if he had Brunson sort of leading the charge, he'd sort of be not pushed to the side. Like he'd still be your number one go-to guy, but it's whether the ball, when the ball comes to you and, and whether it does. And I don't think Luca would like that. Yeah. And again, that's why it's going to be funny to see with um, with Kyrie how that's going to work. I don't know what positions. I don't know if Kyrie plays point. Luca plays shooting. Shooting guard, or if it's the other way around, whether yeah. Kyrie plays the shooting because. I've, I've always liked Kyrie. He's been one of my favourite players. Besides, if you take away all of the off-court antics... Or on-court when he... Or on-court, when, yeah. he, when he when stomped he's, on Lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I really don't. But even me being a Celtics supporter and a lot of people hate him, I just can't. I really like Kyrie. What he, as a point guard, and he's just so so crafty. The way he can score and everything that he does, his handles, I just... I really do like him. And unfortunately, it didn't work out in Boston with him, but... You know, I don't think with Kyrie anywhere is going to work out with him, but I'd like to him for to prove me wrong. Not not over a long period of time, anyway. No, he no, seems no. to be a two year operator, and Definitely. yeah, the needs to change things up, which yep. 
or or due respect. If that's what you need to do. That's well, what, you what need do to they do. say? Change is better than a holiday. Sometimes, so that's it. Could be that taken as a holiday. Mm. And on Friday, which is the day that we are recording this week, you guys will be hearing this on Monday morning. Today, the schedule came out for Christmas Day, where there's about six games played. Warriors will be playing in Denver. The Mavericks will be playing in Phoenix. The 76ers will be playing in Miami. The Bucks will be playing in New York. And I reckon we've got to get our first ever live stream going on Boxing Day, which is Christmas Day in the States. The Celtics at the Lakers. Um, do, you, do you get around watching the NBA on, on Boxing Day, like their oh, Christmas yeah. Day? I love... Well, it's holidays for us because we're not working. So any opportunity to watch, especially the Celtics versus Lakers, I'll take. But again, on Boxing Day is even better. You know, the vibes are good. We're, we're around Christmas. Everyone's on holidays. It's, it's summer here in Australia and it's just a beautiful time. So yeah, definitely like to watch it. We'll probably have to sit in the air corner or maybe go to West. Go to West. Have a, have a few uh, few beverages. A few, a few beverages, light. a few slaps. with the few, mi- few middies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few yeah. Wheel of Fortunes. Where's the goals? <laughs> Definitely. But um, on that, that'll be really fun, especially with our fellow friends, baby, Shauno. Friends? Friends when we're not watching the NBA, especially when it's the Lakers versus Celtics. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll be fun. Love the banner between the Celtics and Lakers, and it's always fun. And it puts a lot of pressure on the game too, so it always makes it a little bit more enjoyable to watch it. A little it, bit more nerve-wracking, but it we, got it, we got it easy. I reckon we blow them out in that game easy. Especially in LA, easy. Yeah, I, I'm sick of hearing the old, um, the old rhetoric around that. But that that being a foul. Oh yeah, yeah Tatum yeah, yeah. fouling LeBron. He he didn't even touch him. I don't think he did either. No, like Pat Bev was carrying on with the camera and everything like that. that was, well, I reckon it was clearly that was edited. No, it was clearly no no contact. That was completely edited. Yeah, you can definitely see that that was edited. Yeah. Like with um, a bit of chat GPT AI sort of definitely. And but on that quickly, they still had a. We didn't win the game after that. We had to go into overtime, so Lakers right. still had the exact same chance as us to win the game, and they didn't, so that's how it is. Unlucky. They had every opportunity. All right, and on to the next segment we're going to do. We're going to act as the, the GMs with $160 million. We can go about $5 million over the cap if needed. So what we're going to do is we're going to be the new GMs of the Las Vegas casinos, we'll call them. The Las yeah, Vegas like casinos. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the LA Rollers. Oh, sorry, Las Vegas Rollers. Las Vegas Rollers, yeah. Yep. All right. High Rollers. So we have the Las Vegas Rollers. Brado is going to say who he would sign and I'll say who I would sign with $160 million to spend. Uh, how do you want to do it? Player by player or do you want to go... I'm easy. Your, your team, my team? You're the man of the pod, so you All tell right. me what you want. No, nah, you go. All right, so we're going to go one by one? Sure, why not? All right, so let's go through our starting teams. So your starting point guard. Well, we touched base on this. I said that we'd come and talk about him after this earlier in the podcast, but Jalen Brunson. I just think what he's doing, what he did last at the end of the last season with the New York Knicks is just, he's easily a top five, if not, maybe, yeah, top five, if not a little bit higher point guard. And he's been paid out of all the point guards in the league, he's the 19th highest paid. That's crazy. Which is crazy, in my opinion. So even though it's still $26.3 million, which is a lot of money, I just still think that it's good value for Jalen Brunson, what he's doing. Well, in comparison to Steph being on 55, if you can, yeah, get, if you can get a guy – I know it's not Steph, but if you can Steph get a guy that's, we're talking about. that's last year that was Definitely. top five. And again, the, the league now – 
is being dominated by wings. That's where a lot of the teams are putting all their money on their wings uh, just because of height, length, all that kind of stuff. Point guards, you have a look around the league and there's a lot of teams that have good point guards but they're just sort of, you know, they're not, they're, not, they're, not their, they're not their main guys. Drew, you know? Drew Holiday, those, yeah, those, those kind of guys. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, yeah, all those kind of dudes. Um, but then you've got your typical, like, Jar Morant, Steph Curry, they're the focus point of the team. Yeah. But, again, it's... Very minimal compared to like you got Tatum and Brown on on the Celtics. Celtics. You got Anthony Davis, who's like a stretch four five. He's, so a, he's could, a four to he five. Could, he, four to five. So he could be a wing, LeBron James wing. Um, you got your Paul Georges, your your Kawhi Leonard's. A lot of the money that teams are spending, unless you've got like a a, jerk, a Jokic or a or an Embiid or a Giannis, but even then Giannis can play. He can go to four. Well, he, I don't he, think he's named as a center. I think he's named. As a wing or, he's, or he, forward, he's the four because they got Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. So the five. that's where all their money's at, and I understand that. But yeah, um, Jalen Brunson, that's where I'm going in the roundabout. So way. for mine, we're gonna have to, I don't know, have a cock off or something. I'm also going <laughs> Jalen Brunson um, for those exact reasons. I seen the contract, seen what he could prove once he was out of Luca's shadow at Dallas. He's made New York. He is the number number one guy there. Twenty six million, half of what Curry's earning. Yeah, so give me him. For sure. Moving on to your shooting guard. Shooting guard is my boy D. White. So obviously Respect. being a Celtics fan, you'd be surprised. I haven't actually got as many as you think that in here, but D. White is one of my Celtics that's making my list. But anyone that doesn't necessarily follow the Celtics like we do, because he's not your typical player that, you know, draws attention, like especially social media highlights and stuff like that. He's just a really good role player. He's, I think he was, what was he in um, guard blocks? I think he was... I'm not entirely sure what he was there, but he did make second team all NBA Second defense. team all, all defense, yep. He shot quite at a quite high percentage, I think, in the three-point. Good offense. He, again, just he just knows his role. He's not trying to be that guy. If Tatum or Brown or someone like that needs to be that guy, he's happy to let it happen. But at the same time, if they get stuck, he can also, you know, he's got the float game. He has that game in stretches. He's where got a lot, yeah. If Tatum and Brown are struggling and the mm-hmm. game's not there, yeah, he can step up and he help can be the boys. That, he and can be that third. You need option. a bucket, and the two boys are getting too much attention. D White can sort of either get a good shot or, or find something to help the boys out. So yeah, he's not, definitely my second. Nice pick. And this is where you probably think that uh, the Lakers boys are having an impact on me. <laughs> yeah. But my shooting guard at this contract, Austin Reeves, $13.4 million, which he just got extended. The dude came out of nowhere from being undrafted. There was talk, Betty was talking about last week, that he could have got picked up by the Pistons. He said no, wanted to go to LA, and it's paid dividends for him. He's definitely the third guy there now, unselfish. And similar to what Derek White would be doing for the Celtics, if Tatum and Brown are off, he can pick up the offense. He can do that. If LeBron and AD are off or they're out injured like they fucking always are, then he, he's proven that he, can, that he can be that guy. For sure. And he's been doing pretty well in the little exhibition games that he's been playing for USA as well. Yeah. Again, because that team is not really stacked like they could be. This isn't a good opportunity for Reeves to really sort of develop. And we can probably talk about it a bit later on when we do another segment after because I'm sure his name will come up again. But it's the LA Lakers. You know, like they live in the best, probably the best place in the country yeah. to live in. Besides maybe Miami. But you're in LA, you're around the celebrities, you you got LeBron James as your as your mentor, you got Anthony Davis, like 
There's a lot to like. There's, I, I'd be taking that over the money to go play for Detroit, did yeah. you say? Yeah, 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 fuck that. Yeah. Fuck going to no. Detroit. <laughs> fuck that right off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Three position, you're small forward. Yeah, again, so I am no G- GM at all. I'm terrible with contracts and I kind of just skimmed over this really quickly last night before we came in here. But I like DeRozan. He's always, okay. he's always just been that consistent guy. Um, he, likes to, he likes the fourth quarter. He can be clutch. We've seen there was a couple of games last year, I think, where he got some buzzer beaters that were just insane. And they were like back-to-back too, I'm pretty sure. He, ta- he torched the Celts early on in yeah, season one game. I don't want to talk about that one. But um, yeah, again, DeRozan, he's, he plays hard. He's got that mid-range. I'm kind of building my team around shooting because that's where the league's going at the moment. It's all about shooting and stuff like that. So you've got Tatum, Brunson and White who are all right in the three. But DeRozan is good in his three, but he's really good in his mid-range. He can make his own shots. If the boys get a little bit jammed up, they, he, they can look at him and he can just go for it. So I like the I take. I like the yeah. take. I'm going to take... Orlando Magic sensation Paolo Bancaro. Uh, like nice little contract, eleven point six million. Rookie of the year last year, just gone. I think he's going to be something. To, I think he's going to be a beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his rookie year, the numbers that he put up in a pretty ordinary Orlando team. Um, I think he's only going to grow strength to strength. But again, like he's his body's ready for the NBA. Yeah, he's got that build. He yeah. was he was ready before he got into the, his rookie year last year. He's yeah. just that's where I think. I know, like, that's a big talking point at the moment. you got, like, your Chets who get, who like, tall, lanky and skinny. you got your Victors. That's a lot of people worried about that, whereas with a Parlo or a Scoot, you don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, well, that's They've got it. the body. They're ready to go. It just depends on whether they're going to step up and actually be able to play, and Parlo did, so. Yeah, most definitely. And, I'd, yeah, I'm keen to see him at the FIBA World Champs. Yeah, also, definitely. who will be playing alongside Austin Reeves. Yep, yep. So this will be good for their team in the 2025 season when they come play for the... The Las Vegas Rollers. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> All right, moving on to the power forward or the number four position. Yeah, so again, being a Celtics supporter. Ah, uh-huh, second one in the team. I have to go my boy. He's he's my guy, Tatum, of course. Who else? Look, I understand there's a lot of talk about him out in the league at the moment being inconsistent and stuff like that, but he's still growing. Again, I know that he's... Been in the league for how many years now? Like five this or six? This will be his seventh year coming seventh. up. Seventh, well, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, he's, a, he's only 19, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he's only 19. <laughs> He'll be 19 for the rest of his life, I, know, I think. Until he retires. Yeah, but again, Tatum, I just really do like him. Um, he was in the MVP talks early in the last, last season. I think the coaching really let him down last year. Um, so, yeah, Tatum, his length... He, he's getting to the bucket. He he improves on all of his weaknesses every year. There was a stage there where I thought Jalen Brown had the better handles and Tatum was the one that was always fumbling it and, and getting rid of it. But now he's the guy that I feel more confident with the ball rather than Jalen Brown. Obviously, with all this talk that everyone's talking about, with he's got no left hand, Brown. But yeah, Tatum, he's just my guy. So I'm going him for 30, $32.6 million. Fair shout, fair shout. I like it. I, I did have him in there. I had to change a few things around for <laughs> later... Uh, picks of the team that you hear later on. But I've gone Laurie Markkinen last year's most improved player. A guy, I can't remember where he got drafted, but he was it maybe he was drafted by Chicago, couldn't get any game time. And then he's, yeah, he's ended up at the Jazz for a team that wasn't tipped to do much last year. And he had a sensational year. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Jazz are doing things. Yeah, had an all-star year. So for a $16.8 million contract, I, I liked it. He's, yeah, he's a really good defensive player. He's a 
he can he is a four. He's a power forward that can play five. He can spread the floor. Yeah, I don't know. He he's got a lot to his game. So I picked yeah. him at the four. I, I think like he. Him. I've I've gone a bigger team in Bancaro and Laurie and my five, who's also a centre. But yeah, he's mm. one of the, the bigger players. So speaking of centres, who have you got in the five role? Again, building my team around shooting. So I was looking at the player, the centres that are decent shooters, but not too expensive and. I really like Vucevic. There's been a couple of chances or talks in the past seasons where Celtics have wanted to try and get him, and I was a big fan of that. Yeah. I really do like him. He, so was I, especially for the contract. That yeah, definitely. He's, on. he's only on $18.5 million. Um, but looking at centres, there's after the top tier sort of centres, they really drop off as they go down the list. Um, yeah. But yeah, Vucevic, he's my guy. He's he'll he'll help spread the floor for the rest of the guys on the on the court, and he still does what he needs to do under the rim. Not the best, but does what he needs to do. Oh and does yeah, he, no, he's so. pretty good. He's pretty good offensive with rebound. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my pick at eighteen point five million. What about you? This is where I've absolutely splurged. I'm picking the horse enthusiast, the two time robbed of three time MVP of the league, Nikola Jokic, who took Denver to their first championship. Yes, it is a whopping $55.2 million, which is nearly a third of the $160 million that we've got to play with. But I, cu- I couldn't leave him out. It, to what he had to play with, like I know he, they had Jamal Murray. They did have good vets. But without Jokic, I don't think they would have made it past like the second round in the finals, in, in my opinion. So, oh, definitely not. And definitely. yeah, he was the MVP of the league for two years in a row. I think he deserved it in the year just gone. Joel Embiid was also there on par, who yeah, did who did end up winning story. it. But yeah, so. I think I think Jokic he deserves it. He's he's personally and look what he did. Look at Embiid in the playoffs. Yeah, he went him and Harden went missing when they yeah. versed us. Yeah, had a full a good chance to beat us. Like they were, I don't even know who was the favorites out there, but it would have been very close. They were they were in the box seat and. It was game six in Philly for them to, to advance, yeah, and, then and they choked. I think the, the weirdest thing was is I think we went on a little bit of a run. We got a bit of a lead, and there was still like a good minute and 40 left in that game, and that's a long time in basketball, especially this day and age with all the three-point shooting. Um, but they, him and Harden, I think there was a moment where we got a steal and went off, and they just didn't even get back on defense. They just they had no nothing. Went, it was, went missing. It, they went missing. It was weird. And for someone who just got MVP – you would want to try and top that off with a good playoff run, and he just didn't look like he wanted to be there. And I think Jokic is everyone knows who Jokic is now, and he's like a weapon. He weapon. doesn't. I love those players in the basketball that don't look like they're meant to be basketball players, and they they just kill it. Sean O called him a garbage cleaner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's getting all that, uh, maybe a plumber. I don't know. Yeah. But he's getting all those kind of those calls. But yeah, I really like him. And the best thing about him is he has no ego at all, and yeah. I think that helps a lot in today's game. Once ego comes into it, people start wanting to be a better person or want more ball, and that's why he fits so perfect as an all-star because he doesn't need that. Most definitely. So we will have our bench, which will be six-man, which we will just talk roughly, pick a six-man, and we'll just have a quick yarn yarn about that, and then we'll just quickly go through the the remaining bench players. So six-man, who have you got as your six-man running running the second unit? Well, I got Tyrese Maxey. Nice pick. He's still in his contra- uh, his rookie contract. He comes off it next season, but three point five million. What he does as a point guard for even Philly, I don't like Philly. I pretty much hate him. But Tyrese is a weapon. He, he he starts sometimes. Sometimes he comes off the bench. But when he whenever he comes on the court, he just brings that energy. He's like a little 
Jack Russell, you know, just fucking running around. He's just <laughs> got so much energy, but he's got control the whole time, which is the difference between being too crazy and not having control. But again, he has pretty much been off limits in any talks with trades or anything. And Philadelphia have come out and said, don't even bother trying to call us about Maxi. But I really like him. And I know our boy Golden, he's a big fan of him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, he's had him. Um, he's had him yes. sign and stuff for his son. And yeah, so that's Golden Collectibles. He had him yeah, at his yeah. eighth birthday party or yeah, something. Yeah, he was yeah, there yeah. opening card packs opening and things like that. I'm pretty sure he actually pulled a Tyrese Maxi. They did. Yeah, and he yeah, signed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that's sick. That's hell. That's who I'm going with, but I like it. And I've gone something similar in terms of looking at the rookie contract, but capable of being that six man controlling his second unit. I picked Aussie boy, Josh Giddy, 6.8, same sort of scenario. OKC is becoming stacked just quietly. Ooh, like, yeah. like I know they're very young, but SGA, Giddy, Chet, Jalen Williams, J-Dub, there's two Jalen Williams. Two J- they're both really good. Both really yep. good. Dude, they're going to be scary. And the way that Giddy has just slotted in and... And he's, he's, he, he jumped leaps last year as well. He got better. And that's what you want to see from rookies. You don't want to see him plateauing out and staying where they're at. You want to see him developing and getting better and better and better. And that's where he's gotten really good Gideon. What is he? Seven, seven, uh, six, seven? Six, seven. Six, seven point guard that's got unreal vision. And that's a, that's a big thing that the NBA is missing these days, is those point guards that have that really good vision. You know, that can see the court how it is and get passes away that people don't think can get away. And it's like, whoa, how did that come along? And then that's why it confuses the defense. And then you can get an easier shot or you can make your other teammate get an easier shot because they're not expecting that pass. And I think Giddy's got that. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch him for the Boomers. This I actually year. had Giddy on there too, but because we're talking about him now, we'll be able to just skim over him on yeah. my team. All right. So let's talk about the rest of the bench. And then we'll talk about like the small rotation players that, w- that you'd have in there that would, you know, only get a run in terms of like if there's a fair few injuries, they will slot in or just vets that you want to have on your bench. So who have you got uh, for you, the rest of your rotation and then those smaller um, bench bench players? So again, touch and base on our, our boy Jimmy Bennis. He loves this guy, K-Love. K-Love. I'm going to have to go Kevin Love. He For yep. $3.9 million, it's very, very, very good. Um, but yeah, then then there's I've got K Love, Matherin for six point nine million, Franz Wagner for five point five, Josh Green for three point four. Then I've got my uh, Harold as yep. like a cheap two point nine center that can come on and guard big like guys. Yeah, um, Jalen Williams who we just touched on for five million. J Dub. Yep. Sam Hauser, who's our boy from Celtics, only on 1.8 million. But I can't believe I didn't fucking I didn't pick a Celtics. Yeah, player. shoot the lights out. And then finishing it off with um I've got a soft spot for this bloke, point guard D Rose. I like it. Minimum, yeah, three, just, 3. A vet, mil. just a vet that's seen it all. And yeah, seen te- it all. He's, he seems very composed and he'd be good. So teach those like younger him. players. So to round out my regular rotation minutes, I had Giddy as my sixth man. Yeah, so Seth Curry at four million. Cam Whitmore, who was a Summer League MVP at 3.9. Jared Vanderbilt at 4.3. And I've picked another Aussie in Jock Langdale, mm-hmm. who's been I impressive like for Phoenix, 8 million. And then the smaller rotation players slash veterans that you just want to have in and around the team or for injury's sake. Dennis Smith Jr., who's just signed with the Nets at 2.5. I also went K-Love on that 3.8 yeah. contract. Just a good locker room mm-hmm. dude. Bol Bol, long guy. You know, say Jock gets injured or Jokic. He can easily slot into a center yep. role at 2.2. Cam Reddish, who, you know, he's been a bit shaky in his career after going six pick to Atlanta. 
now at the Lakers. I've got fucking three Lakers players. Yeah, I know, man. Like, I think these boys that you've had on yeah. the last two weeks have really influenced yeah. you a little bit. Yeah. We're getting Very worried ordinary. over here, the Celtics supporters, Very that we're going to lose another one. Old turncoat Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's anyway, it. he's on 2.3. And to round out, another vet that I just... I, he's just a good locker room guy, in my opinion. I've never heard a bad word about him, and that's Josh Richardson. Yeah. Who's, like who's now back in Miami. Who was a Celtics as well. Who was a Celtics. And I really liked his time as being a Celtics. Mimi, 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 Mo. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells. She's. Woo! Yeah, that's she sells seashells by the seashore. Yeah. Boom! Let's go. <laughs> All right, moving on to irrelevant news. Um, and we did hear it on another podcast. The Hello Sport boys were talking about the mushroom killer. So I, I don't know if you're if the listeners are all over it, but Brado, do you want to explain what's what's happened here? Well, it's obviously an Aussie thing. So I know you've got a big, big audience out there listening and people all around the world won't be up to date with this. We're but huge in Jamaica. Yeah, okay. Well, well, we'll let the Jamaicans know what's going on in Australia right now. But what it is, is that this woman has given, made, made a lunch for her ex-in-laws. So her, I don't know, ex-father-in-law, ex-mother-in-law, so, so on. And those said people had food poisoning and then ended up dying. But the funny thing, or the weird thing is, not funny, definitely not funny. <laughs> um, but her, the same meal that everyone else had, she, she was fine. Her two kids were fine. But all the in-laws, brown, what is it? Brown bread. Brown bread, <laughs> dead. There's one still surviving, needs a liver transplant, critical, which I heard. Critical condition. Yeah, critical condition. But where it gets weirder is that the ex-husband pulled out of said lunch. Yeah. The ex-husband, but didn't, yeah, it was going to be the ex-husband and the new wife or something. Oh, I don't know It was all very odd. But so. even weirder, six months ago, he had he was in intensive care. Had two emergency intestine uh, surgeries to save his life, and only just got. And he's still rehabilitating now. I'm pretty sure. His family also said, like, or sorry, his family was told, like, say your goodbyes and everything like that. Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like he won't live. Crazy, so, crazy. Yeah. And I've and I've seen the a current affair, which is huge publicity over here in Australia. But um, Tracy Grimshaw, she's a legend of the of the broadcasting world, but. Um, yeah, they did an interview and she just didn't like they caught her getting out of a car in the car carport and I, she just didn't look like she she was it was almost like she was acting. But yeah. again, this is all it'd be terrible, absolutely terrible if she's telling the truth and she didn't mean it and this happened. It just looks very fishy. It looks all. very fishy that yeah, like yeah. neither her or her two kids yeah. out of everyone else, like the rest of them are brown bread. And there's actually critical. been a lot of people coming out and defending him that um these mushrooms that they think has been put in the in the lunch are called death caps and they look very, very similar to normal mushrooms that you can just pick. And also on top of that, I'm pretty sure it happened in the Blue Mountains, maybe. Or anyway, wherever they're from. I think it's they, in Victoria. Victoria? Okay. Well they do it quite regularly down there and, and pick their own mushrooms and, and cook it and stuff. But again, like the Hello Sports guys said, I would not be going out there and just picking random shit and eating no out way. of the bush, that's for sure. There's no a lot way. of stuff that can kill you out there. Yeah, quite wild. So I'll just quickly read on what um, Nine News have written. And it said, The woman at the centre of the suspected mushroom poisoning in Victoria has travelled to Melbourne to speak with lawyers today. 
Aaron Patterson, 48, was questioned and released without charge by detectives from the Homicide Squad after her three guests died and another fell seriously ill after eating toxic wild mushrooms during a lunch lunch in the Gippsland region on July 29. Don Patterson, his wife Gail, Aaron Aaron Patterson's in-laws and Heather Wilkinson died a week after the lunch in Leon Gather on July 29. So yeah, I, I I don't know. Like you shouldn't judge. again again. Yeah, you shouldn't judge. You let the investigation take its path. But yeah, if if, if she's telling the truth and it actually is or like wasn't actually her or anything like that, it's fucking terrible because you're the person that's giving these people lunch, thinking it was just gonna be a nice day, and then that happens, and you just you fuck, you'd feel so bad. Yeah, you would. But hopefully it's all good and she actually isn't guilty. Like that's the best case scenario and it was just a complete accident or a coincidence. But yeah, it just seems a bit fishy if you look at everything that's going on around it. Most definitely. All right, last little segment um, for the podcast. How are you finding it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, too bad you got those other two Lakers fans on here. Otherwise I could do this every week if we, we really wanted to. We might just delete those first we two might podcasts have to. and yeah, just, just, just start again. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I, I agree. All right, we'll move on now. Last segment, the listener questions. Thank you for everyone. We actually, this has been the most um, questions we've had this week, but we'll just, we'll pick three or four and, and run with it. Um, just something new to, yeah, the, the newer sort of questions or something that we haven't covered. So Foster034, Jaden Foster, happy birthday for yesterday, mate. I know it was your birthday. Hope you had a good one. So in a game of one-on-one, I believe this is what he's getting at, in a game of one-on-one, all players in their prime, who wins? So you've got Wilt, Wilt, Chamberlain, Hakeem, Halajuan, or Shaq? Oh, we're going three centres yeah. for one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. One-on-one. Oh, man. That's actually a good question between them three. Because normally when we have the one-on-one debates, it's not centres. You know, it's usually your, your, your forwards, your power forwards, all that kind of stuff. Um... It's really hard being a 29-year-old, being born in 1993. And if you haven't gone back and watched tapes of the older guys, like Will Chamberlain and stuff like that, you can't appreciate how good they really were. But, again, just seeing Shaq's dominance. Like, you look at some of the, the t- highlight reels that he does. Fuck me. If big, got, big and dominant. Oh, and so I'm going to go Shaq. I'm going to yeah. have to. But those other two guys are definitely really good. But, yeah, Shaq just so dominant he can get to the rim however he wants and he's pretty good with his feet for how big he is and his weight that he's got about him i like that take and since you took shack i'm i'll, I'll just go someone different and i'll go will mm-hmm. from all reports he had like a nice little float game oh, for, yeah. for a big guy and yeah can rebound well, yeah, like so shack yeah. has a size on him but which yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take Will and yeah, we'll see. We, we might make a game of 2K or something. Was it, see if we can do it. Who was the master of the Skyhook? Was that Kareem? Kareem the Dream. Could be. Yeah. That's that's an unguardable shot, yeah. what he had there. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, well, during that period. He, You've he, got your body between you and the defender. So the defender's between. You and the rim, but you've got your inside shoulder on that guy. And if you're tall enough like him and can hook it over him, you can't defend that. You know what I mean? Agreed. Especially in one-on-one when you've got no help defense. All right, moving on. Next question. Popper Frass. Oh, here we go. What's the Frass man. I oh, know this bloke knows his basketball. So what, what question? Basketball Huge basketball. Huge basketball. <laughs> and he's, he's... Also known as the Rainbow Man. The Rainbow Man? Yeah. 
The Muffin Man? Loves playing for every team he can. Oh. <laughs> Same as Shaq, actually. I've Shaq's been yes. known as the Rainbow Man. So I, I, I believe Brass Man's only got two more to complete. Similar body type between the two as well. I believe the Frost Man's only got two more um, teams to complete the Rainbow in the, does, in yeah. the Newcastle Rugby yep, League. Yeah, and he's got every team. So, but that's saying something. Everyone wants him. Everyone wants him. Yep. He's he's a uh, highly recruited. Yeah, we'll go with that. Highly sought after. Highly sought after. He's highly yeah. sought after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So his question is the goat debate. Who have you got? As, oh man, as your goat? No, uh, no, uh, it's LeBron. No, it's yeah. MJ. See, I really, really don't like this question. Um, because oh, we could sit here for fucking hours. We could do this whole podcast talking about this, but I'm just going to quickly just skim over it so we're not spending too much time on it. But I think LeBron and Jordan, they're in their own, they're in their own category. Like that's one, it. one, two, top of the pyramid. Next, next I don't to, think next I could even say one or two between them. Yeah. It's again, you've got different gener- generations. You've got different sports science. Like LeBron has so much at his palm of his hands like with sports science these guys are getting nutritionists they I, I don't know if it was that intense back then when no jordan way. was playing yeah. but everything is just so dialed in they know every little stat and little everything to make these athletes as good as they can but again that means that all of lebron's uh oppositions at the exact same advantage so that's true um I don't know. Again, we were talking about this before. Rings come into the conversation a lot. Again, I don't I don't really believe in the whole ring thing being a part of it because it's a team sport. So teams is what wins rings. And that's that's true because if you think of it, if rings were the be-all and end-all for the GOAT, it'd be Bill Russell. Bill Russell, he's our GOAT. But yeah. Well, he is the he GOAT. He is the GOAT, the Celtics GOAT. So we're talking but about the next GOAT. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of how I see it. I just, them two dudes, like... You know, Michael did what he did with those those runs, the three peats. You know, and then he yeah. had that space off, and there's all that question, like, could he could have just kept Came going? Back. You know, um, but then you got LeBron's longevity. Longevity. He is breaking every stat in the book, but has no ring. Uh, not as many rings as LeBron. Uh, Jordan. Fucking hell, I'm getting too pissed. Here. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So, Michael Jordan is unbelievable. What he can do. What he what he could do and he and his and his confidence and his charisma and all that kind of stuff. LeBron is just he was so dominant for so long and again he's just he still is dominant at the age of what forty thirty seven thirty seven. Oh fuck, I thought he was closer to forty. But anyway, either way, what he's doing at his age is hey, unbelievable. Siri, how old is LeBron James? LeBron James is thirty eight years old. Yeah, so LeBron being thirty eight and what he can do at still at thirty eight is. Pretty impressive. Oh, it's very impressive. Um, and again, the game's getting called differently. Back then, you could literally forearm someone in the face and it wouldn't be a foul. Now, you put a hand on their hip when they're going for a layup and it's a foul. So there's just so many variables that there's, are in this. There's so many different factors. The fact they didn't have a face-off against one another. Exactly. I, they just, Look, if they were in the same... If they were in their peak at the same time playing against each other, then we'd have a good, a good thing to go off. But right now, it's just... It's too hard. Every you sport, every sport has it too. Like league has it, and it will happen. Soccer, There'll be the next person. NFL, you, AFL. You know, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, there will be another LeBron or a, a, a Michael Jordan. One hundred. We've had a lot of people that try to say that they're the next, like Zion and a few others, but no one's even come close to them two guys. Them two guys, like I said, are in their own category. Then Kobe. <sighs> Step down, Kobe. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, 
Yeah, they're, they're my two guys. They're, they're my two guys. And, I, and again, just can't. It's a hard question. So, yeah. We will move on. Um, the ball I didn't ask you who yours was. I, I, I'm split between them. Yeah. I didn't watch much of Jordan because it was before our time. It was before the internet. So it was before Australia the internet. It was really hard then, to watch any then, kind of NBA back yeah, then. Yeah, have watched a lot of highlights. Obviously watched The Last Dance. And Just so. quickly touch on that. You can either edit this out or not. Mm-hmm. But the, the growth of – I know you guys touched on it last week, but the growth of basketball in Australia, it's, it's so good to see, especially coming from a, a kid it. that – played my whole juniors playing basketball and that was the only one and all my mates like you boys all played footy leggies no one played basketball besides me and Hodgie yeah and even when we were trying to put a high school team together it would be like three basketball players me, Lanky, Hodgie and then the rest of it was like just fill it out with athletes that sort of play sport and they, we can try and teach them how to play somewhat of an idea yeah, can somewhat yeah. Shoot. but now I reckon you'd have a full team in high school no matter what school you went to me and Betty talked about last last podcast and Soccer's number one mm-hmm. for kids between six and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Seconds basketball in terms of percentages. It's it's really good to see. And I think what's killing the rugby league at the moment with the juniors is all of the HIAs and stuff. It's really come like a light to the parents and stuff. So they'd rather put their kids into something that's a little bit more, I guess, safe than something that's going to give you head concussions, maybe potentially from Def- a young age. Definitely. So next. We have the Ball Babble podcast. They come up with some really good questions, actually. They want to know who will be the next superstar to request a trade, excluding James Harden or Dame Lillard. I'll I'll take over here. Yeah, you take over first. I, I think, think I think with Harden, I know he's excluded, but the fact he's going to get shitty. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's definitely in it. When, when he does... Go, I reckon Joel Embiid will be like, fuck this, I'm done. Well, there's already been inklings of Joel Embiid. He's already come out and not necessarily said he wants a trade. He's but exploring his options as such. Of winning a championship. Yeah, so and so if Philly don't give him those options to win it, then he'll move, I think. He's out. So, yeah, my, my take there is Embiid. I think Embiid, but again, we live in this, this era where superstars just want to have rings so they can be in the GOAT debate or in that that sort of debate. And that, that, top, they will, that top echelon is the the, the the Kobe's, you know, that get drafted and stay at their, their thing until they retire, There's, that's gone. Like, you know, if they, get, they start getting towards the end of their prime and they haven't won a, ch- a championship, they'll start looking somewhere where they can join and win a championship. 100%. Is, so, there, is there anyone else that sticks out for you? Oh, off the top of my head, no. All the superstars seem somewhat settled, or, somewhat or settled. if not, they've been moved over the to where they season want. just gone. Yeah, so no, nah, I think if obviously Dame, which we've been told to exclude, maybe maybe like a Trey Young or someone like that. I wouldn't put him up there as a superstar, but According yeah, to him. he could he could maybe go, maybe. But I think he's pretty happy in Atlanta. Yeah. I don't think he's chasing rings. He, obviously, everyone's chasing rings, but I don't think. It's either now or never it, for him right it, now. No, he's, he's still got a bit of time up his, up his sleeve, yeah. Most definitely. It's more the older superstars, I reckon. One more to round out the podcast. The Brush, Jim Bennis. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know, is Braden Green from B Green Plumbing a three times defensive player of the year for the Newcastle Hunters? <laughs> uh Yes. Two, two times, three times? I don't know. It's, we, it's that long. I'll we'll have to check the record books. I played basketball my whole life as a kid. 
But then as soon as I picked up the shovel and started doing that for a job, I stopped playing. So that's shit, like over over 30 in this year. So we're talking 15 years ago. Jesus, I don't know. Yeah. But that's what I was known for. I definitely wasn't a shooter. Played point guard here and there, but I was more like a two-man that could sort of drive and dish and, and but defensive was where I tried to be the best. That was your game. High intensity, Marcus Smart sort of yeah. level on the defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. Quick. I like that. If someone said that about me, I'd fucking take it and run with it. But hundred percent. I'm not gonna say that I'm the Marcus Smart <laughs> of Newcastle Hunters, but if anyone else wants to say it, I'll definitely say yes. I'm saying it, mate. I'll take it then. So just a quick one to round out the podcast. What age was it when Ben Simmons was in Newcastle and yeah, you were on the same team? Um well, this is where it's weird because with with basketball, it goes up in age divisions in twos. So you're not playing, you know, 11s, 10s, 12s. You're playing 12s, 14s, 16s, 18s. And there's always a bottom age and a top age because obviously two years. So normally the, the top age guys are the ones that make the, the first division teams. And then you get maybe two or three guys that they sort of groom to, so that when they go into the next season, they've got three guys that have already played at that, that level. Gotcha. And then the second division dudes that are all good for their age, but not good enough to be in first division, they come up through. The thing with Ben Simmons is he, I think he's fucking like three years younger than us. And he was playing Newcastle representative three years above what his actual age was. He was, I think it was under 12s. Under 12s, maybe under 14s. So... Okay, so if, so it was under twelve, so it would have been nine. Yeah, or maybe younger, like Fuck maybe even dude. eight. And how how was he back then? Well, this is the thing. Everyone was like, "Oh, was he massive? Was he massive?" And I was like, "Well, he's fucking three years younger than us, so he's not massive." But he was really, really good shooter, which no one's gonna believe me saying this. Yeah, but wow. he was a really he, he was like three points in under twelves. Like if you even tried to shoot a three pointer, your coach would fucking hook, hook you. Up. You'd be on the bench. Um, but he could shoot threes at under twelves. And pretty good. And the coach was giving it, was was giving him that. Well, I guess so. Yeah, his dad his dad played NBL around Newcastle. I think he played for the Falcons. Maybe not too sure. Um, but yeah, they just I guess they just let him go. And he wasn't again because he was three years younger than us. He wasn't like one of the main players. But like three years young, no one was doing that. Nah. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. they were pulling him up from. An age division that wasn't even in our age division. So, yeah, he was – and this is the thing with him shooting. He was a pretty good shooter in high school and and not too bad in college. Yeah. So – It's just all – yeah, confidence. It's it's really ugly now, but – It's falling away. It's terrible. Yeah. But – Anyway, Ben. Anyway, that I, happens. I, I really hope for – like, I've got to – I know a lot of people in Australia don't like him, but I guess because I sort of knew him. Have a connection of somewhat. Somewhat. Um I still got a soft spot for him and I really want to see him do well. And yeah, he's fucking hanging out with the Kardashians and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he's no good at basketball now. No, too busy. Yeah, worrying the about Kardashian that curse. Everyone knows about that in the NBA. It's very well alive. And on that, we're going to, we're going to spray this room now. We're going to end the podcast. We're going to spray the room, get rid of the curse that's in this room that was left by the Lakers fans. Yes, so. definitely. But Brado. Kyrie's, uh, do, dojo, Ju, Juju Dust. Juju Dust or whatever he's flat earth, fucking Flat doing. Earth operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on that note, guys, uh, we're going to end it. Thank you, Brado, for joining me. And Thank we'll you. see you guys all next week. You. Go Thank Celtics. You. you.